Welcome to The Original Doll. I'm your host, James Rodriguez. On The Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it, and at the same time, we give back to charity. For more information, visit the website, theoriginaldoll.com. And a big shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for joining my community and keeping this thing going. And as with every episode of The Original Doll, any audio recording ripping stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see anything leaked, please report it to the webmaster. Now, what we've been doing on the show is honoring so many greats, talking about their work, talking about the connection that the music has to people globally. And I've appreciated all those great letters of love. So if you do, in fact, have any letters or questions, compliments you would love to send to a future guest, go to the website and scroll down to the message part. Leave your email and let me know your question and the guest and the song that has impacted you. I've enjoyed reading these to the guest and honestly, many of the guests have enjoyed it. So thank you so much. So today we have some future icons on here and there's going to be in certain countries a hidden track at the end. That's right. Hidden tracks are back. My name is James Rodriguez. This is the original doll. And for those asking, this is my theme song, Iconography. <laughs> the original doll. Everyone, I would like to welcome you to The Original Doll. I'm your host, James Rodriguez. On The Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it. And at the same time, we give back to charity. And for every question of guest answers, we get items donated to help women in domestic abuse shelters, homeless LGBT plus teens, and more. So I want to give a big shout out to everyone listening and our guests. Now, today, we are joined by future icons right here, Sky Christie. Sky Christie, thank you so much for being here today on The Original Doll. Hi. Thank you for, thank having, you for us. having us. It's funny, the listeners are going to be like, which voice is which voice? I love this. Yeah, we always <laughs> speak at the same time. And it's, yeah. <laughs> we're just always in harmony. Yeah. yeah. As it should be, as it should be. What's been great is you just released, you know, your EP, The Summer I Lost My Lover, which, by the way, stopped me in my tracks 100%. I was blown away by it in every single type of way. I didn't know what to expect. And as the EP went on, I was more and more excited and I was more and more of like, what's next? Where are they going to? So bravo on this. This is Thank fantastic. You. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. So let's, let's rewind back. Let's, let's get the listeners to kind of learn a little bit about you two. How did for you two individually, how did music come into your life? How young were you when you were like, I like music, whether it was singing or writing for both of you? Um, well, George and I, when we were in high school, we went to a performing arts school in LA and we both were in choir together and like I was the year below Georgia but like we were in the choir together and we like went to New York went and did you know performances and places and it kind of like I think it started there because that's where we were kind of like doing it together a little bit mm -hmm. go home and like, we like practice our parts together things like that but then we didn't it didn't really dawn on us that we should maybe try and do it as a career until we were like in the pandemic yeah. and um I think um we always avoided the music a little bit because our parents um, were in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of scared to get into it because like we have a big thing to look up to. And so yeah. we just like <clears throat> messed around with it, but never took it seriously. And then um, in the pandemic, what else is there to do? So we started making music. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and they went from there yeah. I think what's been interesting is it would be so simple to be like oh they clearly are just brilliant children of these brilliant artists but <laughs> I as somebody who well versed in in your parents music what you make is vastly different than what they made and still make yeah Absolutely. And I mean they're, that in the best way. Yeah, they're like the king and queen of pop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they like do the pop scene and we are definitely drifting. Like I think alternative music at our school and our high school like no one wanted to listen to like mainstream stuff. Mm -hmm. it, but like Sophie and I growing up we had an absolute respect for it because like our parents did that. And yeah. so I think we have a thing where like, where we can appreciate both and then there is some incorporation of pop in our EP. And then we go back to the alternative. I think what I've appreciated is going through the lyrics and everything is that it seems like you're active participants in this because I feel like so much is forced nowadays. And I think it's very easy 
to see when things are forced. But what I think I loved about this was that there were so many different colors to this album, this EP, if you will. Uh, Not if you will, it is an EP, but it (laughs) felt like a full album because it was a story and there were so many different songs. None of them sonically sounded the same. And that Mm -hmm. to me was awesome because it wasn't cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste. Family barbecue. I have a, a couple of questions that we've had from all of these these listeners of the show, listeners of your music. We have Juliet who said, I love the EP. I would love to learn which song was made first for the whole thing. And was it scary to decide what was going to be on there? That's a good question. Like when you're creating something, it's not you made seven songs and those seven made it. There's a bunch of picking and choosing. So how did you all do that? Well, first song, I think it's Friday Night Thriller. Yeah. Uh, that and, was it okay in friday night thriller it was like it, it was that moment when we were in quarantine and we were like mom like we we want to make music and we were like we want to do it and then she's like well you know she's the best teacher you can get so she's like i'll teach you and she like sat us down and the three of us wrote that song together yeah like she kind of taught us like the structure of a song and yeah. like mm-hmm. how to make a hit if you will that's what she would say like yeah and so yeah that's how that was the first song we did and it was like really hot and we did it in our mom's garage like and we were sweating and like we had shots of tequila <laughs> yeah it was really fun it was very fun that was the first song Sun's got Well, yeah. and so then how did you, I mean, so it's you two, you're the, you, you are Sky Christie. How did yeah. it come down to like, I want this one, you want that one. How do you handle, because it's not just your colleagues at work, you are sisters. So yeah. how does that work? For me, at least it was like, when we write a song and if you like hold on to it for too long and like you haven't let it go and like released it, it can feel almost like it's dragging you down. Like, it's like, like, I want to like move on and like be able to like write about new experiences and stuff like that. And I think that like all of those songs were things that we went through and things that we were ready to like let go of. There was like, there's certain songs we've written that like, I'm not ready to let go of maybe on the next album, you know, those songs, I was like, (laughs) let it go. (laughs) You know, it was, like, it, away. it was a bit nerve wracking, like releasing them because we were just like, is it ready? Like, you know, at the end, like when you release a song, we're like, we we were changing things like the last week of the EP. And oh so my goodness. we can be annoying about the music. Like we yeah. are very picky and like we're <laughs> so sisters. indecisive. So like we're really honest with each other <laughs> and then we forget like that we're honest with everyone else by accident. Yeah. <laughs> so People know that when they work with us, like, we're just going to say how it is. Yeah. <laughs> but but this is the part that I love about this is that when you're talking about, do we want this song? Do we not? We need to not let it drag me down. This is the language of people that have been making music forever. It wasn't like, we're just passive listeners. We picked the song because the label said. I think that yeah. that's what so many people connected to in, in all of these. We had Scar. She said, the summer EP is so effing good. My mom talks about CDs back in the day, which I'm offended, Scar, for saying back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) And how back in the day, they put songs in order. How did you figure out how the songs would go on this EP? Good question. That what we say sequencing. How did you all figure that out? We spent quite a while trying to figure it out. I think that we definitely wanted to start the EP with Family Barbecue, just because like the intro, it felt like it just felt like the beginning of like everything in that EP. What will I tell my cousins at the next family barbecue? When you're gone and I'm sad It just felt like the beginning of like everything in that EP. And like, it felt like it represented the beginning of everything in that EP. So we definitely started with that. And then I guess like planning out the rest, like we were just thinking like sonically, 
you know, we wanted it to sound like a piece, like all like one piece together. And so like, like we just listened to it over and over again in all sorts of like from the top to the end in all sorts of like formations. And then I wouldn't say like the lyrics were what was in order. It was definitely sonically. And if like by accident it created a story, then it did. But it is definitely sonically in order rather than lyrically. What I've liked about this is that it didn't feel like a bunch of tracks just thrown together that arbitrarily, that it felt like there was purpose behind it. And it also didn't give me like, sometimes I listen to things and it's like a jolt where the next song you're like, what? Yeah, um, I've always hated that. I've always been like artists that we like. I like to, I like artists who have an album where I can listen it, listen to it from the top to the bottom and be like, that was like one piece, like mm-hmm. all t- that's my favorite. <laughs> well, and I also feel like it's kind of a testament to the music that you all listen to because there's so many different flavors throughout this. It isn't just like this folk or this alt. There's there's always a little bit something different. You know, whether it's R&B or pop, there's something that's on there that elevates it, which I, I found fascinating because it didn't lay on like, this is just alternative. That yeah. there was always something different. I'm like, wait, there was purpose <laughs> for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say, we always like when we write a song, we do start acoustically and we just like do the harmonies and like get the lyrics right and everything. Yeah. And then we'll bring it to a producer and we're, we're changing it up a bit now. But like, I think so, like there is a consistency throughout each song because of how we write it originally. Like the writing is always consistent, but then like the ideas that we have for like how we want the track to be, they're always so different from each other. I think that's why all the songs sound so differently from each other. Well, and I love, and and everyone, I'm going to keep sending out the links for this, but what I loved is that with Family Barbecue, kind of, I felt like I was literally walking into something, which I thought was one of the, the best ways to open this because I'm like, okay, this is getting, I'm walking into something that is presently happening. I'm watching all these different stories happening and it it was inviting and I think it was brilliant to do it that way. We have Tyler who said, James, I love the links for the EP by Sky Christie. Can you ask how they decide who sings what part of a harmony? James, you said these harmonies and melodies are out of the world and I absolutely agree. These young ladies have so much talent. Would love to learn how they decide who sings which part. Thank you so much. Um, well, the thing is, Georgia is the harmony master. Like, Georgia is like my mom, where she can just hear harmony and she could just do it like like that. I don't have that. I'm I'm learning right now. I'm like in the car, just like trying to get it. But yeah, I think it takes a lot of practice. Also, when we were in choir, I was an alto. She was a soprano. I always sang lead. She always sings lead. And yeah. I was always learning harmonies and everything. Just as for altos. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and um, so I think I learned it there. And we switch off a bit now, but I have always like been the one that sings the harmony. Yeah. So, I'm it, getting better though. <laughs> I'm like now, like I think we're dividing it up a lot more. Yeah. Now we're doing more like call and response harmony, which I mm-hmm. think is cool. And like, um, I'll be singing lead sometimes and Sophie will hop on. But for this EP, it, I think I was singing most of the harmony. Well, and I think that's the part that's fascinating is listeners now are not even, I mean, there's comments and compliments about the lyrics, but the harmonies too, because it's one thing to write a great song. It's another thing for the harmonies to catch people off and go, this is something different. This is something cool that once again, you've done something that elevates the song, that it isn't just this gimmicky thing because harmonies can ruin a song real quickly if they're done incorrectly. Do you know what I mean? And so- (laughs) because <laughs> it's and it, whether you're in choir performing art school or anything you realize early it's like not everyone can do harmonies and understand harmonies They're like oh i'm just gonna do this you know half step no that's, that's no bueno sir no bueno yeah. let's let's go fast <laughs> yeah when you know we were like in rehearsal yesterday and we were practicing a song for our tour that we we're gonna perform we're just it just, just doesn't sound right and then my mom came in and she just like sat down and listened to us like sing it and she was like we need to put a harmony here a harmony here and she was like teaching us like what harmonies to put so also yeah. like we go to our mom and like she like and if I can't hear something which happens I'll like call her like over the phone I'm like give me the harmony right she's now. so quick she's yeah. like over the phone she's like okay this is it yeah well and that's the great thing you can have a relationship with your mom as like a resource because to both of your points you only know so much about what you know and if you get stuck in it sometimes I feel like 
we get so stuck in that moment that it ends up ruining the rest of the picture. We spend too much time on that and being able to call and just go, I'm missing something. What am I? And of course your mom would be like, which I think is great because it also speaks to the fact that you all have phenomenal songwriter, but a, a female producer that is helping you because that's something that I don't want people to overlook in general. You all, you're creatives that are women as well. And I think oftentimes people are like, music is such a man's thing and music is like only go to the men. And it's like, no, 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 this is not, this is not what we're doing here. Uh, you all created it. So that's why I'm all, everyone's like, James, you always have a lot of women on there. I'm like, and what? Yeah. And what? <laughs> and what? That's so funny. <laughs> She knows how to twist a knife, she knows how to start a fight, she knows how to fuck you right, she's the kind of girl you like, why are you calling me tonight, I'm not like Alice. Track two, I'm not like Alice, Toby, uh, I'm not like Alice, Toby, it's separate, Toby is what it is saying it. <laughs> James, please ask Guy Christie about I'm not like Alice, is it scary making music that everyone is going to hear and learn about your private side? How does the X feel about the song? So that's another question. When you create something based on your own experience, how scary is that? I feel like I've, like, I feel like when it comes to songwriting, George and I, like, realize that when we try and write about something that's not real, it's shit, (laughs) you know? It's just not good. You write about the things that are real, that it makes you, like, you feel really vulnerable just writing it personally. I find it really scary, like, yeah. releasing those songs. I feel like I'm putting my heart on the line. I think it's worth it, letting a song go. That's how it feels. It's kind of like you you, you do something really vulnerable, and then you're just, like, you're letting it go. Like, you're kind of, like, letting go of also, you know, like, holding on to what, what happened that the song's about. And yeah. so... I mean, there's like some songs I haven't even written yet because I'm too scared to just tap into that and like release it to the world. So, yeah. It's and it's also the other the other part, too, is writing and releasing music now is vastly different than in the 2000s, even late 90s. You didn't have social media or right away. Somebody would be like, thumbs down. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, the misogyny has always existed, but anytime women talk about their own life, eh, men haters, it's absolutely ridiculous because people don't get upset for Bruno Mars talking about his relationship and his exes. But the moment Taylor Swift or Olivia Rodrigo or somebody talks about theirs, they're like, oh, it's gimmicky. And it's like, no, they're writing from their own experience. Yeah, yeah. And to have that vulnerability and the strength, being vulnerable enough to let the song release itself in its own way, but the strength to realize it's going to go out there and not everything made people are going to love. And some of these lyrics even got to me. I was like, damn. But what I loved was that we got to this private side of you all that didn't feel forced, didn't feel icky. The lyrics kind of weren't as simple as I am sad. I am mad. It's it's much fuller than that. Seems so sweet. Poison like ivy, I know one day this bitch is going by me, but good thing it's a toxic beach day. We have track three, Beach Zombies. Nick said, James, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> Sky Christie, our queens, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> uh, when you posted the video of the Chicago premiere, because I posted a video months back when Chicago had a radio premiere for your song, and I posted this video. And this Nick said, I effing love them. Can you ask them about the inspiration lyrics on Beach Zombies? Because the lyrics hit hard, like, I'm trying to be a fucking villain, ignoring what I'm feeling. Just growing up in LA, like our own personal experience, like, we we've cre- we created like a group of friends like about a year ago. And then um, they were kind of just like, not the best. Not you know? the best. Like, it, like, they definitely didn't you know really care about us you know what I mean like we have true friends but then in LA you're you're gonna make friends who are just kind of like more like acquaintances kind of and but sometimes it feels it's like really fun it's really fun being (laughs) friends with people who are kind of like you know all over the place so that was like a period in our life when we were like we knew we were like fucking up (laughs) we were doing bad things like Sophie and I were like a little team together being like 
let's just hang out with them like for a night and see what happens yeah we always had each other so we'd be like we felt safe fine and then um <laughs> after that like period ended we were like whoa like that took a lot out of us and so we wrote that song and i think it it's really fun singing it and yeah I just like I still feel strongly about it because it only happened. I like, still relate to that song yeah. whenever I hear it. I think what I liked is that you are these active participants in this, that you're also being a part of your life, not just sitting there and letting things pass by that yeah. you're creating. And I don't want to say creating the chaos, but that you're inviting the chaos around you. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, we were really creative in that time in our life. And like, we were like doing a lot of gigs and everything and it was really fun. It was very necessary. And so like, yeah, I think like you're going to have those experiences. So you might as well embrace them and like get a good song out of it. Yeah. And especially like when you're in the music industry, you hang out with a lot of people who you're kind of like, are you are you a good person? Or like, you know, you don't know, but it's just kind of like, well, it is what it is. You know, it's like yeah. it's the industry we're in. That's kind of how it feels. And, yeah. And taking that and making a moment from it. Let's see how this plays out. I know where I, I know the character I am in this story. Let's see what character you play. There was a quote recently that I liked. A woman said, I'm okay with being the villain in your story because you're the clown in mine. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's it right there. <laughs> and so, and when, when I got to the lyrics about the, you know, fucking villain thing, I was like, this is amazing because it's saying, this is what I am. This is where I stand. If it's not all sunshine and roses that you all are these three-dimensional people and you write in a way that is very much like that. And it isn't, the sun is hot the wind is warm and this is great there's yeah. depth to it hopping out for a quick second to remind you if you are loving this stop what you're doing right now and make sure that you rate and review this on your preferred streaming platform if you have spotify great if you have apple podcast great those do in fact help myself and keep this thing going because i'm an independent podcaster and this it's just an independent show. So any and all help is truly appreciating. Word of mouth helps. But we're going to get right to this. And don't forget, if you have a letter of love for a creative out there, go to the website, put it in that section on the main page, scroll down to the bottom. If it's a song by Kylie Minogue, if it's sung by Madonna, if it's sung by Britney Spears, put down your song, your reason for loving it, and a question you might have for a producer, songwriter, background vocalist, and more. And we'll get to as many questions as we possibly can. Now back to the show. Fake love. Inez. James Rodriguez, you did another good recommendation. Fake love is my favorite song. Their vocals are like folk, dua lipa, and fire. So Ooh, that's so nice. Ask who this song is about, please. Swifties, Selenators, Angels, Carpenters Unite and Love These Ladies. Oh, that's oh, this so is cool. sweet. Um, well, this song, we kind of, see, we didn't even write it about someone. It was like we wrote it about what the the perfect version of ourself would be, like the most confident version of ourself. If I was like, if we were like baddies, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what we wrote it about, like Reggie? Yeah, I agree. I think it is definitely like just like your most confident self. Like if I imagine this music video, like 
this song having a music video like it would be like a gorgeous woman like walking around the streets and heels like dominating the streets yes yes so that's what it's about it's about like the woman we want to be Every minute, every moment, can't deny that you had known it, but the fake love, it had you bound. Now we have Joji. Sky yeah. Christie, I keep playing Prime Years and I play it a lot. Ask how I'm not going to miss out on my prime years in real life, real world. For prime years, how does somebody not miss out on those prime years? Well, I feel like when George and I were in the pandemic, that's when we wrote this song. And we were like only with each other the majority of the time. Yeah. And we cut, we broke out of that mold for sure. Yeah, I think like it, the song was related towards the pandemic, but then we realized the song had so much more meaning to it because everyone feels like they've lost, like they should have done something, they should have worked harder or something like that. And I feel like the way to break out of something like that is actually like like for the um, beach zombies. Sometimes you gotta hang out with crazy people sometimes you have to like push yourself and do something push yourself to do things that like you you would have thought were uncomfortable and I guess just kind of growing I saw who was it uh Jane Birkin said like it's not fun being uncomfortable like you have to like Mm. there's like waves and everything to life and like you kind of just have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and you will discover things yeah I think you'll make really great memories from it feel like you really lived in the years you have and I think there's a point about that uncomfortability because even if we if you sit in the same chair for 20 hours your body's going to be like okay this is uncomfortable I need to stretch I need to do I need to feel something different because when you're just sitting and allowing things to pass you're once again you're not this active participant and I feel like this is how we grow and experience different things because if you sit in the house the same day watch the same show there's no challenging things. There's no neurons that need to go, how do I handle the situation? I think that's a part where being that active participant that you two are like, okay, maybe a year ago, I would have thought it would have been crazy to go to a friend's house and listen to them play music. Maybe it'll be fun. Maybe I can go. Maybe yeah. I'll realize that I write better songs. You know, like maybe. Exactly. It's like little maybe. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we were scared going to those things. We I, were like, but, like we were, but the thing is we had felt so like we weren't, we weren't going out at all during the pandemic. Yeah. So we were like, we're going out. For an example, like <laughs> you know? Sophie and I, we went like, my friend texted me saying like, there's an open mic night at this shitty dive bar. And we were like, we're not gonna sing there like that's ridiculous and then and we never sang anywhere we're like let's just go check it out the people were like okay there and so we're like okay like I'm gonna feel comfortable doing this and then that's like when everything started we started singing in front of people we performed there and like the feeling that we both got when we were on stage like performing for people like we were just like I feel like that was almost the moment when yeah, we were like, like I remember like the room like it was like a really rowdy like dive bar and then the room went quiet after we sang and I was like oh like I it was awesome but it was and like yeah. people like from all ages like were coming up to us like and it was really cool and then like so you kind of have to do like weird shit like go to a dive bar yeah, like, like we hadn't done that you know who knows where we'd be at so you didn't know how it was going to be because you all have phenomenal singing voices you could have just had a bunch of drunk fools going stop it could have yeah, yeah. or you could have been right before you went on mary j Blige showed up and just sang and you're like oh where do we go from there but I, <laughs> but I think what what is great is taking those moments and learning like you're going to the school of life what happens in this situation how do i handle it and i think that's the freedom of being able to talk these things through Thank you. 
track six, Friday Night Thriller. Emmy, Sky Christie, Friday Night Thriller, my favorite song by you. How do you make the decision to make a music video for a song? You are Lana Del Rey's daughters. So good. Mother Lana, make a video with Sky Christie. Oh my God. Yes, Mother Lana. <laughs> oh, she's so sweet. Sun's got How do you collaborate on that? You're two distinct women that have thoughts of your own. How do you collaborate that way? Well, we, I, th- I think it's very rare if Sophie and I are not on the same page. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's really nice about being sisters. Like we love all each other's clothes. We love all each other's music. We we grew up together. So like all so of our, like, tastes our tastes are the same. Very similar. And so it's like, we're kind of trying, we're, battling everyone else's opinions rather than battling each other mm. but it, we're on the same page yeah so it's so like, like we're always yeah. sure about the music because we're together and we know and so it's like a very rare occasion I'm yeah. like you're a crazy girl that's not right but for that song specific for like all the music videos that we've done basically we're, we're pretty tight-knit with our family obviously yeah. like we work with our mom and our dad sometimes and also our cousin she's Susie, like an amazing director Susie she Shouts. lives in London and, and she was just visiting us two summers ago and she had like a super eight camera. And then, and we were like, should we just like make a music video? Like we want it to be kind of like culty, <laughs> culty, like and hot like, Western. Also like yeah. um, once upon a time in Hollywood vibes. Yeah. We're in LA, best place to do it. And so we Airbnb like this place in the middle of but fuck nowhere. It's kind of scary. scary. Like it was terrifying. And we got all of our girlfriends did this vid- music video in one day. The idea just popped. We were on a hike and I was like a horror movie kind of. Yeah, there's a, a bad little guy. bit creepy. And like, yeah. and I had this friend who I knew since like middle school, this guy, and he just blossomed into this beautiful young man. And so we were like, can you be in the music video? And it all just worked like that. But like it's all it's kind friends of like- and family. Really? Just like everything music. naturally comes together. That's how it usually is. Like with music, everything naturally falls into place, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think what's cool is that with the visuals, it's it's got this unpolished grittiness to it that I really, that I really like. Because yeah. if it was so this Y2K video where it's all, there's a disconnect because me yeah. listening to that, that visually would not jive with it. And I go, well, maybe I don't know these artists because- this doesn't make any sense to this. And not saying everything has to be, if the song is by a C, you don't have to be by the C. But I yeah. also think that there's the honest and rawness. And I also think what has been amazing is in these songs, it's like this lo-fi, this like eight track kind of thing, which requires more effort than not. Yeah, so- we're such trouble. We're like, you know, someone will send us a track, they finish and we'll be like, it's a little too pop. Can you like dial it in, <laughs> keep the, the vibe and like they're just like what yeah we have this great (laughs) producer uh named luke kylo and he did the whole ep and he's amazing and he and he's just like really good at like being minimalistic with things but still like being impactful we work with him all the time and i and we actually met him at that dive bar that night that that night went and we and we met him that You night. see, weird things just happen. Weird things happen. And yeah, we made the whole EP with him. And so. that's the part. If you didn't go, we would not be here. These songs, all of these things, it's just you all going, let me just do this. And it changed creatively from where you could have gone, you know, alt version of you to what yeah. it is now, which I think is it kind of... like the course of our life. Yeah. <laughs> like, crazy. Yeah, so... Hopping out for a quick second to remind you, you can join me on Patreon, and that is a simple way to support this show. So simple, it's actually as little as a dollar a month. That's right, you can sign up for a month, donate a dollar, and that money is used to keep this show going. And as you know, we've been advocates for songwriters, producers, so many people, so many of the creatives. That's the way to keep this thing going. We also have merchandise that will be on there. And many people ask, James, I would love to help out the charities. How do I do that? Super simple. If you go to the website, theoriginaldoll.com, scroll down to the bottom, 
leave your email address and if you're somebody who would like to help any of the charities. What's great is that we take that information and we send out Amazon wish lists and more. And this is truly amazing. Around the beginning of school years, we always get requests for domestic abuse shelters saying these kids need school supplies for their coming year. We have low income families that need school supplies. So we've had people that go to this retail shop or that retail shop and donate a couple of things of crayons. It truly makes a difference. So any sort of donation truly, truly helps. So just thank you so much. Now we're going to get right to this and let people know. I created the original doll, James Rodriguez, which we call iconography. I created it to honor and spread the love. Spread the love of the arts, the music, the connection from us to them, them to us. And helping out charity. So I wanted to create something that was different in the way of promoting the arts and music and also helping out those during their times of need. So thank you all so much for being on this journey. Now we're going to get back to the show. For track seven, Night Before, Andrea, the best way to end this EP, I love this song. Sky Christie, Don't Abide by Rules. They never say, sorry, poor me, something to make me feel bad. They are real, real women saying, I can make mistakes. I'm not perfect. And I will tell you about it. Can you ask where they get their confidence from? Thank you, James. That's wow, so that's sweet. so sweet. Tuck me to my door. Kiss me right before I broke your little heart. I should have told you from the start that I'm not the healthiest person to be around. Cause all I'll do is bring you down. Keep you from all your friends in town. We feel guilty like we need to tell the truth of like like you know when like, i'm not telling the truth i'm like i like i feel it besides music like if i have like something i need to say i have to say it to sophie or else i it's eating me up inside rather than i mean i guess it could be confidence but i think it's more just having to pour like our feelings out into something like this is like our therapy yeah you know what i mean like when i when i'm having a really hard day and i'm like Maybe I'm even crying about something. My, It's almost like my mom taught me that she's like, you're crying, like you're sad, like you got something on your mind, pick up the guitar. She's like, start writing a song. And that's how, how what we were taught. And so like, I literally treat it like therapy. I'm like, I'm just yeah. like, I'm like, Georgia, come in here. Let's, <laughs> let's get to it. Another you know? session, please. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like writing a song for some reason doesn't feel like it feels like I am like saying everything that's honest, but it's in a beautiful way that I can give to someone. This is how I'm feeling. And like, it's not as scary as actually telling someone how I feel. Yeah. Mm. Like, at least for me, I feel like it's not that I have a lot of confidence. Yeah. It's that like, I'm forcing myself to be brave, being as honest as I possibly can. And I'm like, and then you have to be like, you write this song that's really vulnerable and you're like, okay, do I show it to people now? And then that's the first step. And you're like, oh my God, they're going to like it. And then they do. And then you're like, okay, am I going to, am I going to release this now? Am I going <laughs> to advertise it? Am I going to advertise it? Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, I definitely think like Sophie and I, we are confident, but they, we are still growing. We're still like young girls. And we also uplift each other a like, lot. We, I would not be doing any of this if I didn't have Sophie who makes me confident. And I think I make you confident. You do. Yeah. And so- it's more just having to tell the truth rather than confidence. And it is scary as fuck releasing it. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and I think, I think what's funny is that both of you basically are talking about confidence, having that decision to be, to do this. Cause you have to be confident to get on stage. You have to have that desire to move forward. And you yes. all, in all of these things, you, it's not that everything just accidentally happened to you. You all are doing things. And I think going back to the beginning of this, it's 
if you let things bog you down too much, if you let these songs hold on too much, they're dragging you and you're not progressing. And I think what you've done is given us the, the, the world, this EP that speaks to us in so many different levels and the mood, the vibes, the sonics, all of this, I think is, is amazing. And I don't think it would happen if you two weren't honest, not just with each other, but with yourselves, because everything, all notes, all of this stuff just comes from a, a true place, a place of truth. And I think in general, we have it where so much music, so many things nowadays are so not truthful. Yeah. Social media is not what you see it. And you all are like, this is truly what we're going through. It's not perfect. I'm not great all the time, but yeah. this is what it is. And I think that's the brilliance in this this EP. So as we're coming to the end of this, let's talk a little bit about where can people see you aside from the Lana Del Rey concert? Where can people see you? How can they follow you? All that great stuff. Um, so we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, and we go by Sky Christie the Band. Yeah. And then we are on YouTube as well, Sky Christie the Band, and we have music videos out and we're going live every week on TikTok. So you can and, find us there. Uh, and then we're also going on tour. August 2nd. August 2nd. And we're opening for Jake, who sings Golden Hour, and we love his music. And so we're really excited about that. Funny story. I actually DM'd him before we were going on tour with him. And I was like, and I said, I was just like, I've just got to tell you, like, I really love your music. And I just like, it was just like, honestly, like a complimentary text. And like, you know, he had like a lot of followers. And I just did it because I really liked his song. And then that happened and so it's just kind of like manifestation you know what i mean yeah (laughs) once again you all making a decision to do something it wasn't they just called you up and that's you all making a name for yourself through your own actions and i think we can't overlook that it's not relying on anybody else and the funny thing is some of the listeners are gonna be like who are these parents you haven't said their name i'm like because we're not going to that part's not (laughs) important so no no shame no you know to any parents but (laughs) but all of the decisions you've made are what you've made. And I like that. And then here you are going on tour. So how many dates are you doing? Where is it going to be? Cause it's going to the UK too, correct? It's here in the States and UK. So basically we're doing the Jake tour starting August 2nd and we're starting in Canada and then we're going to go to Seattle and then Portland. And then we're going to go to San Francisco and then we're going to finish here in L.A. And we're playing at the Wiltern in L.A. Wiltern so in L.A. Really excited about that. Yeah. Um, and then in October, we're flying out to London. It's a different tour. Different tour. And we're doing a few shows with Manchester Orchestra. We're doing four shows with them. And then we're also opening up for um, Busted. I'm doing two shows with them. Yeah. yeah. This is amazing. So are the fans of yours, the listeners... Are they going to be able to hear these songs? Is there going to be new songs? What sort of... We're performing with, for the Jake tour, we're performing the whole EP. Plus a few that are like not on the EP. Just like maybe two or three that are on the EP we're going to play. And then in October, I mean, that's a little... Who knows? It's premature because you could have a whole new EP and... Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. If our minds are like next album, we're both talking about it and like thinking about it. And so, you know, we're, our minds are already there. So who knows where we'll be in October? <laughs> we did get uh, questions in general about are there going to be, is there going to be merchandise on the tour? Is there going to be merchandise? Yeah. Like, okay. Yes. There you go. There you go. So everyone now go check out this EP. It is fantastic. We just went through a track by track of it, but let me know what you think. And also, Give the ladies some love. And if you don't know who they are, that's okay. This is Sky Christie 101. We love getting new ears on these songs. So ladies, thank you so much for being here today on The Original Doll. I appreciate it. Thank yes, you thank so you for much for having us. us. This was a really great experience. Yes. Thank you. And this, I love seeing my mom in the background. It's it's, it's very, very like, comforting. Very comforting, yeah. yeah. Everyone, it's a picture of Lana Del Rey. See, I told you that that's... <laughs> that's that's <laughs> mother lana, yeah. <laughs> mother lana. <laughs> all right everyone and i will see you on the flip side i hope you enjoyed our chat with sky Christie. you can go ahead and find them on all the socials and i'll be sharing links but let me know 
what was your favorite song on here? And how great is it to actually get these track by tracks from these artists and learn a little bit more about these songs? So don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, let people know. It's important for us to keep promoting the arts and promoting so many of the creatives because music is a way for us to connect. My name is James Rodriguez. This is Iconography, the original doll. Grammy winner Regina Spector was born in 1980 in Moscow to the musical Russian Jewish family, the Spectres. Her father was a photographer and an amateur violinist. Her mother was a music professor, so music was a part of her life early on. Regina started taking piano lessons, and when she was seven, she learned how to play the piano with the piano that her grandfather gave her mother. Regina grew up listening to classic music and was exposed to rock and roll. Now, by 1989, due to the changing government and anti-Semitism in the Soviet Union, the Spectre family decided to leave and head to the Bronx, New York. In New York, Regina would run her fingers on the tables and anything that she could to remind her of the piano. At 16, Regina was given a tape of Joni Mitchell. Now this truly changed her path. Regina did not know at the time that women were allowed to write music. And it was in that moment, Regina the writer would come out in full force. Regina would self-release a couple of albums and then ultimately sign with Sire Records. On her second major album release, Begin to Hope, there would be a song called On the Radio. Now, the song had its U.S. radio debut on April 8th, 2006 at a radio station in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which just so happens to be the radio station that has played the song the most than any other radio station in the United States. Now, On the Radio is just this fantastical, lyrical, sort of stream of consciousness song. This is how it works. It feels a little worse than when we drove our hearse. Right through that screaming crowd While laughing up a storm Until we were just bone Until it got so warm That none of us could sleep During this first verse, Regina is thinking at that moment in her life, she knows everything about what life is all about. She has the answers. It's about the external things. The vehicles, the worms, the styrofoam. She's got it figured out. And all the styrofoam began to melt away Try to find some worms to aid in the decay, but none of them were home. Inside the catacomb, a million ancient bees began to sting our knees while we were on our knees, praying that disease would leave the ones we love and never come again on the radio. Now, when we get to the chorus, Regina is talking about something mundane listening to the radio. Then she says she hears November Rain by Guns N' Roses and thinks this is a long song, but finding the silver lining, she says, but it's a pretty song. Then explains that the song gets played again, now not by her choosing, but by the effects of the DJ falling asleep. This has caused her to hear the song again. She is actively listening to a song again, but not because she hit repeat. We heard November rain That solo's real long But it's a pretty song We listened to it twice Cause the DJ was asleep Now in the second verse, Regina starts out by saying Maybe I was wrong in the first verse I've grown and I've lived now, this is how it works. Because you are young, and then when you grow up, you are no longer young. You laugh until you are sad, basically, and you are sad until you laugh. That sort of thing. It's almost like there's the yin and the yang. This is how it works. You're young until you're not. You love until you don't. You try until you can Oh, wow. 
Now, Regina finally says, I've grown again. I was wrong. And this is what's amazing. She actually starts it out by saying, no, this is how it works. You have to look inside yourself. It's all in you. You are the decision maker. You are the person creating something. So take things, create things, and put it back out. If you fall in love and it doesn't work, that's okay. Just try it all over again. And that's what life is all about. This is how it works. You peer inside yourself. You take the things you like and try to love the things you took. And then you take that love you made and stick it into some, someone else's heart. Pumping someone else's blood and walking arm in arm. You hope it don't get harmed. But even if it does, you just do it all again. Now, the next course, this is what I love in songs when the courses aren't such, you know, that they're copy and paste, copy and paste, that there's some changes in there. The next course, Regina once again mentions November Rain, but she changes up her thoughts in it because as you grow up, you notice new things. Even if the song is the exact same thing, you might notice something later on in life that you didn't notice before because you have grown. And this time she says, you hear November rain and then says the solo's off along. But once again, she finds a silver lining, but it's got a good refrain. Then you, the listener, hear the song again, not by your choosing, but by the DJ falling asleep. And that's like it keeps going and going because life happens. You notice something new, even if you're in the same situation you were just at. Maybe there's something a little bit different that you notice and with all of these things, these things you may see are obstacles or negativity. You find the silver lining and keep moving forward. You can't change certain things. You just keep growing with it. And you'll notice something new every time you turn on the radio. Do it all again. On the radio, you'll hear November rain. That solo's off along, but it's a good refrain. You'll listen to it twice. The DJ is asleep on the radio, on the radio, on the radio, uh oh, on the radio, uh oh, on the radio, uh oh, on the radio. Now we're hopping over to Alanis Morissette and her iconography. Now, many of you, if you haven't seen, you can go back through. I did a whole episode about You Ought to Know and talking about Alanis Morissette's early career. So in here, I'm just going to kind of highlight some of those points. But the song You Are from her album, which was fantastic, Supposed Former Infatuation Junkie. That album was so game-changing for me. Alanis in many of the songs didn't abide by that traditional song structure. There wasn't these repetitive choruses in all of these songs. There was her talking from her point of view, her, you know, being a bystander watching these things happen. There are so many great things, so check that out. But the first verse of this song, You Are, Alanis mentions books. Now, this can be easily seen as her journals because she's mentioned before that her journaling, her writing down words or stream of consciousness that's where many of the songs come from, these journals. And if the names of the people she mentioned in that book ever went public, it would forever haunt her. Alanis has always been private about who the songs are about. And that's something where many people say, we think it's this guy, we think it's that guy. She doesn't respond to any of that. Now, the opening verse can be seen as a present Alanis, looking through those journals and going back through and looking at who she was then. Too many names and psychoses, all this incriminating evidence would surely haunt me if someone broke into my house. 
There is talks about suits in the living room. Alanis Morissette meeting with the record label. Oftentimes, adults in the entertainment industry don't understand how to communicate with somebody who is so young or isn't their peer. And sometimes they seem just as a product and not a person. Alanis references her age, stating, Do you guys realize I was born in 1974? Now, Alanis was always mature for her age, and in the interviews, etc., you could see that. Suits in the living room. Do you realize, guys, I was born in 1974? Then, Alanis makes reference to a publishing deal she was about to sign, a reference to her deal with MCA Publishing that Alanis signed when she was 14 years old. What's interesting is there's the line about somebody, you know, teaching you about your publishing, and then it jumps right to basically feeding Alanis's ego. We know you love to be in front of the audiences. It's basically sign here so we can make money and you can perform. I always took the course as Alanis looking back and almost seeing her younger self in that moment. She's saying things like, hopeful you are, driven you are. The second verse, Alanis talks about going to New York with her fake identification. Now, many of you have messaged me before saying, James, what do you think this is about? Well, I truly think it, I mean, you could say it's a fake ID so she can get into, you can, you can choose to go that way. I'm looking at what they're trying to say is Alanis, the normal person, she's back home. Arriving is Alanis, the superstar. Once we get off of that plane, once we hit New York, you are the superstar. Take a trip to New York with your guardian and your fake identification. When you say, is there something, anything you'd like to know, young lady, you say, yes, I'd like to know what kind of people I'll be dealing with. Then, the suits ask if Alanis has any questions. And of course, her maturity jumps out again, and she says, yes, you know what I do? I want to know what kind of people I'm going to be dealing with. To me, that once again just shows how far she was thinking and saying, okay, if we're supposed to work together, who am I working with? What is that about? One of the many things that Alanis does well is kind of mess with that structured song. Instead of repeating the same chorus over and over, she changes up the words, but always ends in this chorus with you Now, I took this last verse as kind of a fast forward. Alanis has become the superstar. The suits and the public are speaking, saying, we are surprised that you didn't go to the way of many other child stars, which is never good. The suits, the public are saying, we would have been there for you, but you were the one that kept us at a distance. It's because of you. Now, Alanis was an active participant in her life and others just watched her from afar. Now, she ends the song with something remarkable. Instead of ending it with resilient you are, where many people might say end it there because it's showing the whole thing is you are resilient and with strength. But Alanis, being Alanis Morissette, chose a more perfect ending. Don't mind our staring, but we're surprised you're not in, in a far gone asylum. We're surprised you didn't crack up, Lord knows that we
I hope you've enjoyed these kind of behind-the-song stories for these. There's so many iconic songs out there, and I love being able to sprinkle these in with interviews and chats that I have with other artists. And as you can tell, I've picked so many great songs, and from Sky Christie to Regina Spector to Alanis Morissette. When you look at those liner notes, each of the singers are involved in the behind the scenes. And these women all started at a young age. This is James Rodriguez. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, join me on Patreon. I'll see you on the flip side.